This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist John J.P. Parker are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we are talking about boundaries. You know, build that wall. It's a popular mm-hmm. phrase that we're hearing in, uh, is it even pop culture? Is it a subculture? Is it like, I don't even know, yeah. like, is that it? Is it? No, 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 I'll see some people with some t-shirts, build that wall. Okay, okay. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's yeah, certain yeah. Uh, political supporters, but yeah, I'll see yeah. people walk around with the t-shirt, yeah. build that wall. There's, Carry on. There's an element of American society at the very minimum who has a very high regard for building walls, creating boundaries setting limits um, and putting limitations on borders that people can cross. And we are finding out that it's more than (laughs) a notion, (laughs) the idea that people need to build walls and set boundaries. And so today we're kind of walking through the process of what it looks like to build walls, to set boundaries, to keep boundaries, and what your life looks like when you don't set boundaries or when you don't build walls. Uh, Is that fair to say, sir? No, it is. I I think, you know, one of the great challenges of being an adult is you just kind of show up after high school, after college or whatever your endeavor at a certain age. It's a phrase, a popular phrase called adulting. Mm -hmm. Um, Adulting can be very complicated because it doesn't come with a manual. You're just kind of making it up. And so, you know, a lot of times people will find themselves in situations where they're being nice uh, to someone and trying to be very courteous or, Mm. you know, just being unaware Mm -hmm. and they don't build a wall or a boundary around a relationship. And therefore they find themselves, unfortunately, in situations that are very devastating and frustrating simply because they just were not, they didn't even think they were in a position to build a wall. So Mm. yeah, I think this is a very important conversation about how do you even begin to do that? Should you build a wall? Should you build boundaries? Or should you just let it be however it is? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. Uh, by, by illustration, open us up. Yeah, man. So, you know, basketball is easy for me to go to. It's a sport that I enjoy. Low-hanging fruit. It's, yeah, a, low-hanging it's, hanging fruit. Fruit. it's a low-hanging fruit, as I would say. Um, so there are two names in basketball that are pretty, like, I won't say like synonymous with smother mothers or helicopter moms or whatever the case may be. Is that a, that's a new term? Smother mother. I never heard of a smother mother. Nah. I mean, you know, maybe nah. they, maybe they had those in Texas, you know, in Tejas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's the thing. Um, and so because I love, uh, I don't know if I love these two guys, but I, I support at least one of them very heavily, Draymond Green and Kevin Durant of the 
I would like to say Oakland Warriors, but they're named the Golden State Warriors. They their mothers have been known to go on Twitter and social media and kind of air things out that they probably shouldn't air out um, or say things that they probably shouldn't say based on the simple fact that it could cause division in the locker room. Um, mm. And I don't have an ear uh, of KD or Durant. Like they don't look to me or listen to me for any advice whatsoever, which could be to their detriment, but who knows. Um, That's right. It is to the de- detriment. Right. If they, if the mothers are feuding on Twitter. Go right, ahead. right. So basically you have situations where um, someone will say something negative about KD or Draymond and then one of their mothers will co-sign either with, you know, some type of response or, you know, emoji or whatever the case may be. And that, to me, that can't be good. That doesn't bode well for the locker room, right? You can't be in a situation where these two guys literally in the beginning of the season got into an argument. One player called another player a B and this and that and other thing and all this other stuff as grown men. And then you have their moms also adding fans to the flame or, or, or mm. yeah. Yeah, fuel that's, to the that's fire, right. You know, fanning fans the flame. To the flame. Yeah, they yeah. are fans to the flame. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With the feud on Twitter, yeah, yeah. they're fans to the flame. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Carry on. So basically, you're in a situation where on some level, now I can't say this conversation hasn't happened, but KD, Draymond need to be saying, hey, mom, chill with all that Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Relax with all of that. That ain't what I need right now. That ain't what the team needs. That ain't what we need in the culture. We just kind of kind of got to chill. You know what I'm saying? We got to fall back. And I think that because of the lack of boundaries that are in place, again, I can't say this is happening, but I believe that it can lead to negativity in the workplace. You got two guys who need to work together who are trying to accomplish the goal. And if their mamas is being messy on social media and it's diff- then it's directly directed towards these two individuals on the team or team play whatsoever or coaching or other players, like it's not good for morale. It's not good for the locker room. And so we have a situation in which boundaries aren't being set Walls aren't being built and things potentially can go on, can can make the difference between winning a championship and not even making the playoffs. And mm. I think in life, we don't do enough wall building. We don't do enough boundary setting so that we can offset um, or even prevent things from happening. And it's it's, it's problematic. Yeah, I, I think you, you're bringing up a great point. You know, sometimes we just allow things to happen because it just is. It just happened and we believe it's normal because it is. It just happened. And I think about that with in-laws. So, you know, I share with you, been married for 17 years. And, you know, what they don't tell you with the manual, with the marriage manuals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that when you get married, you're not just marrying the person. You marry their whole family. True. Facts. Okay? facts. Super facts. And, yeah, and I, and I love my uh, in-laws for the most part. We have a Pretty good relationship. Okay. We've had some ups and downs. <laughs> and yeah, we've like we've, we've had some real serious situations, right? I believe you. This is no shame, but it's just a growing pains, right? Yep. And I remember years of, you know, certain in-laws <laughs> saying certain things. And I just kind of went with it. Mm. You know, I didn't have any problem with it. You know, I felt a ways about it and I just kind of let it roll because, you know, those were my in-laws. And it just was what it was, and I did not want to rock the boat. And I think what began to happen is, you know, you, you married one year, two year, four year, five year, seven, ten mm-hmm. years. You start realizing, man, this ain't going away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, your your mother-in-law, whoever, is speaking to you in a way that you don't like. 
And because you refuse to stand up for yourself, to communicate in a way that would make it clear that's not what you're about and you're not okay with, I think there's something deep down that makes you believe it's just going to go away. And I think in a lot of ways, in the name of respect, what I did for years at a time was say, oh, well, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to go with it because I don't want to rock the boat mm-hmm. and I don't want to create you know, drama in my family and with my wife's family. And, you know, I say that we have a really good relationship, but it took me, you know, five, seven years to get to the place where I realized if I don't speak up for myself and what I authentically feel, Mm -hmm. then this lack of boundaries will put me in a position where I'm passive aggressive. I don't want to attend family functions Mm -hmm. in a certain Mm -hmm. way. And again, I attend family functions because I love my family. Mm And my wife's family is great, right? So y'all listen to this right now. Y'all great. Love y'all. Uh, we ain't got no problems. Listen, love y'all. Shout out to y'all. Um, this is great. But I had to I had to realize there was no one who was going to speak up on my behalf for the boundaries that I needed specifically but me, mm-hmm. right? And so for the first couple of years, I took some L's. Mm. I allowed some stuff that was said and some done and you know, and, and then instead of confronting it, uh, I became very passive aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of buried it. And you was like, what's wrong with him? And it was because I didn't even think I had the power to communicate my boundaries because I wanted to keep the peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. JP, what are some times you, you know, neglected to keep boundaries and you found yourself in a flood? <laughs> and losing peace. Man, Go ahead. Uh, it's 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 over the years. It's becoming it's becoming less of a thing. But the biggest thing that it was definitely like, if thinking back on it, like, dude, what were you thinking? And I should have had somebody in my corner that loved me enough to say that's not a good idea. But I actually had my now, you know. I never. It was never Facebook. It was never Facebook official. It was never on paper. But I was in a relationship with somebody for a few years, right? And oh, before. So you were in a situation. In a situation. Um, I've been doing that before okay. it became cool to be a thing, right? Although I guess I shouldn't be proud of that. But the girls' family were family to me before me and the girl were in a situation, right? It was like family, like keys to the house, you know, alarm. So you was going to Christmas, Thanksgiving, eating up the food, talking to grandmamas. Oh, no, I was like, had a key to the house. Like, I lived at the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like adopted son type of situation, right? Right, no, it was legit. Like, it was legit, like, member of the family. You know what I mean? Um, And then me and the daughter, you know, just kind of whatever happened, you know, just feelings and instead of realizing, like, hey, this, this need to be, you know, friendly thing it just becomes romantic and then it just all the bottom falls out right um no we don't know what you're talking about no 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 no, no, no. you did as a little day so what's up huh? you just be a mess man you just listen, you just you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to be messy i'm trying to figure <laughs> out what happened in the relationship so you said you had a key to the house you didn't it wasn't just a situation ship you had a key to the house well and then what so it wasn't a pizza it's so like i'm saying like to the mom's house so i had a relationship with the family so the family had a house. I was like big brother. I had a key to the house, had the, uh, you know, the code to the alarm, you know, babysat on the weekends to watch the little sisters. It was like, I was legit like big brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
like legit. I, I'm part of the family. Like adopted. Imagine just being an, an an adult getting adopted. You know what I'm saying? Like yo, I, I'm adopted, Jeez. right? And so um, things get emo- you know emotional and romantic with one of the daughters or whatever the case may be. Never my intention. That wasn't my goal. Things just kind of happened or whatever. And at some point in time, you know, it's decided that all right, this is a wrap. This isn't going to work. You know, whatever. Um, for me, in my mind, and I don't know if it's just the way I'm made as a dude, or if it's just a dude period situation, or who I am as a human being. For the girl, it was like all or nothing. If we not in relationship, we not nothing. I'm like, all right, well, that's whatever, cool. If that's what you want, and then, but I still got the key to your mom's right? house. Right. So for that situation, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, it is what it is. Like, all right, cool. Um, and so when I got married, I had no emotional tie, no whatever to the daughter, but I still love moms. Moms is moms. Like that's moms. And so um, I invited her to the wedding, uh, which. No, yeah. you hold on. You invited the love of your life's mama. To no, the wedding? love of my life. I got married to, and her mama was in the wedding. So you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. as, as you try to, as you I'm try saying to hit beforehand, me. Beforehand, no, 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 no. If she was, if she was the love of my life, I would have married her. That's you know what I'm saying. That's just how I look at life. Ooh. But, no shade, ladies. If you listen to this and you hear you hear JP <laughs> oh, talking go. about you if if you the love of your life. Listen, remember BJ never said that. Go ahead. Go ahead. So this is what we doing right now? This is what we doing? You sound like KD mama right now. You like you like Durant mama, man. Go ahead. Hey, listen, listen. You know, there's like a popular meme uh-huh. around um, guys married the, the women that's closest to them when they decide to get uh-huh. married, not the woman that they've always loved. Go uh-huh. ahead. So I'm just letting you know. I'm putting you on notice, bro. You was one of them dudes. Go ahead, bro. So you invited the you had a key. You know, just throw that you out invited there. Mama to the no, no, no. You invited the you invited the mama. <laughs> you invited mama. Uh, <laughs> you invited her mama out to the wedding. Listen, I'm not saying you was in love with her. I'm not what, saying that. What I'm, I'm saying is, I'm just making I married it clear. one. I wanted to marry, and she happened to be in proximity, and I loved her, and all of the above. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, okay. Excuse okay. me, Mr. Seventeen. Okay. Can I get to seventeen without you undermining my situation? Can, can I get to seventeen years? Go ahead. Go. Ahead. <laughs> Everybody ain't there. I'm trying to get there. Thank you. Thank you. I do. I do enough to to mess it up and to ruin it on my own. Thank you. Uh, okay. Go so ahead. basically. Um, yeah, so she invited her and not only invited her, but then I also asked her to sing um, one of the songs, I don't know, in the, the wedding, like one, of, I don't know if it's the opening song or whatever, so I don't know how these weddings go, but just sing a song. Um, it wasn't like the first dance or like anything like that, but it was just like as people are coming into the church, you know, sing a song type of thing. Um, and so there was no drama, no beef, no nothing, no, you know what I'm saying, no negativity, everything went well. The issue was that once my wife sometime later realized the, I guess, the depth, quote unquote, of the relationship I had with the daughter, uh, the situationship, then it, she felt some type of way. Um, and she felt like like she got played or if she had known what she known, she wouldn't have been cool with it or whatever. Um, and as much as I tried to explain, like, yo, like, it wasn't like that. Like, I married you. I wanted to be with you. This and that and blah, blah, blah. You know, I had a relationship with these people for, you know, 10, 15 years. And it, you know what I'm saying? It, you know. Maybe it was like more like 10 years and moms was moms. You know what I mean? And and, and again, I could have lied to my, my wife and be like, yo, oh, this girl and her mom, you know, I could have, I could have just, it could have never, and I could have never told the truth and everything would have been fine. But that wasn't the way around it. The issue was I should have had better boundaries and I should have had the foresight to realize like, oh, this is one of those things that you're going to do, John, that you're going to hear about for the rest of your life. Like you would never live this down. And I don't think I ever will. 
Um, it doesn't, unless, you know, one or both of us gets uh, dementia or Alzheimer's and we just, you know, kids again. But I feel, and God forbid that happens, but I just feel like I know for it. Well, I, don't, I shouldn't say I know, but I have a, there's a strong possibility because I didn't set that boundary and say, hey, you know, moms, I love you and everything. Everything's been cool, but my wife-to-be isn't too keen on you popping up you know, and or having it a part of our wedding, you know, ceremony, something that she'll remember forever. Um, and because of that, I, I mean, you know, it's an L. It's an L that I'll have to wear. It's like a, you know, badge of shame. It's almost a scarlet letter. It's the walk of shame every day in my life, in my household. And, you know, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to crack a bunch of jokes. And when you said scholar letter, walk of shame, I just realized this is just not the place. Oh, oh look mean, at you. Oh, restraint, refrain. You know, oh, my. No, hey, hey, listen, I'm growing up. This is the Build a Better Us podcast. Look at you. I'm growing up. Look at yeah. You. I appreciate mm-hmm. it, man. I appreciate it. I'm, you know, I try to grow with every episode, you know. Um, I put away childish things, man, so I can <laughs> be an adult. Um, yeah, I, I think even as I hear, you know, what you're saying, I, I think, you know, for many of us, JP, it is it's challenging because we we allow ourselves in situations to just happen. You know, we were watching a movie the other day and somebody mm-hmm. fell asleep, and I said, "Hey, how was the movie?" And they said this to me. They said. I wasn't watching the movie. The movie was watching me, <laughs> right? Yep, yep, yep. And I just thought it was a great point. I think that's what happens when our life, when we don't have boundaries in relationships. We're not in a relationship. The relationship is mm-hmm. having us. And that especially evolves around, revolves around people who we've trusted, who we've just submitted to, who we've had contact and proximity with, and we just assume, hey, whatever the thing is that we have, it's just going to be. I'll give a couple examples, okay? Low-hanging fruit. You talk about the bubbles coming up at night uh-huh. on your text thread. Yeah, what you okay? doing? It's the, mm-hmm. There you go. W-Y-D. Yeah. Hey, big okay? head. Hey, big head. For those of you single and in situationships, hey, big head, you know what time it is, uh-huh. okay? Uh-huh. When you see that little thing pop up on your phone at you know, God knows whatever time of mm-hmm. night. Um, that's not we're friends. Let's hang out. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is, hey, what are you doing? Let's connect. And whatever you know is going to happen. Now, again, one of the most unfortunate thing is we will allow people who we were in relationship mm-hmm. with, right? So you mentioned the fact that you and you know um, your lady friend, had a relationship, you had a situationship for a while, it was good, and then it dissipated. And so what we'll do is, you know, that WYD text will come from an ex, you know, person we used to be in a relationship with or a situationship with. And because we have no boundaries, that individual feels the freedom to contact us in a way that elicits vulnerability um, that would look that would that should be reserved for a commitment, right? So, one of the great examples for me is when people have the access to you in the most vulnerable ways, but there isn't a commitment that matches the type mm. of vulnerability, the type of vulnerability that they're asking for, right? So, if you get in a text, mm-hmm. WYD, you know, and God knows at the time of the night, 
And this is somebody who, right, you say, I used to fool with them. I used to talk to them, you know, for those of you who understand mm-hmm. that language. And you realize, hey, it's not that we're in relationship. It's just that we have never officially broken up. We've just decided that this thing is somehow going to magically dissolve. And now here I am in another situation with this individual, mm-hmm. right? Who I said, you know, hurt me or this isn't good or man, I need to move on. They need to move on. But because we did not place a clear boundary, here I am two in the morning feeling the need to respond to the WYD text, even though we do not have the relationship that will reflect the type of intimacy that person's asking. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. JP, what are some other examples that you see when it comes to us not setting boundaries and how it plays itself out in everyday life? I, you know, again, I'm just mentioning situationships because I know somebody is listening yeah. right now in yeah, their in yeah. a situation. Um, I'm going to probably catch some flack from all the wonderful moms that are out there. but. One particular place that I see over and over again too often is moms who are being run by their children. Wow. I've 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 seen situations in which moms will, you know what I mean, like cave in and give in and and be suckered into making terrible decisions based on cries and whimpers and falling out and my mother never fell for this, bro. Help me understand this. Why? Maybe I never it's millennial got a moms. Like I'm, I'm with you. Like there was no falling out. There was no, you know, uh, never, bro. Ever, without getting beat, without getting grabbed. There was no temp- Go ahead, bro. bro Go there ahead. was I no temper seen- tantrum on this earth worth catching that fade from my mom. Like it was like, I, if I looked or pretended as if I was about to act a fool, I was going to catch a fade. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so now you have the situation where. And I'm sure somebody's going to say something or get at me or whatever. And, and it goes both ways, but I'm just talking about moms right now. At C. John Roar, make sure y'all hit him up. At C. John Roar on the, the Gmail. The best way is to send it to DJ116 first, and then I'll be able to respond that way. He checks on my email <laughs> um, for grammar. So basically, um, you, you see the situation where because there's no boundaries, because it's easier just to give in, it's easier just to give the kid what they want, it's easier just to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like just succumb to the shenanigans that are children. And then you have the situation where, yeah, like you find yourself running away from the responsibility. You find yourself needing to get this space. You find yourself being bullied and bossed by children that came out of your womb. 
um, or if you're if you're a mm. father, children that came out of your loins, and it's just one of those things where if you if you can't set a boundary with a child, with a baby, with a toddler, are you able to effectively set boundaries in your adult life? You know what I'm saying with adults, with coworkers, with bosses, with with you know spouses, with in laws, you know these people that you should be setting boundaries with. And I use the example of moms, not to shade moms, but just more so the idea that, man, like we have to be at a place in life in which boundaries are the norm, not the exception. And if we find ourselves in situations in which boundaries are the exception, we are not going to be able to do what we need to do effectively as human beings in relationships with others. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Just the idea of you can't set boundaries with a toddler or a child, you know, the, the the most vulnerable, then it's going to be very difficult to do that with adults. Um, I'll give you another scenario, setting boundaries with people you admire, right? I found myself in situations where, you know, people who I once, you know, admired and looked up to when I gave them tons of voice in my life, you know, certain phases of life where I believe, man, what they're saying is what I need to hear and therefore, I will not contest anything that they're saying, right? Now, that worked great when I was 19 years old. Mm. Um, it didn't fare so well once I was married with children, establishing my career, right? Yeah. my yeah. life, and in a new season, in a new place. And what I found was that not setting boundaries gave the illusion to the other person that I was still in a place in, of need with them that I mm. didn't necessarily need anymore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so not setting boundaries meant, you know, they could kind of show up and say things or they could kind of do, you know, things in a past that would have been acceptable. And now I'm acting, you know, somewhere it's brand new, right? Because, you know, I, I got amnesia and I'm brand new. Uh, of course. Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, but it, it felt more offensive, it felt like, okay. man, I I just let this linger. I have not spoken to, you know, said individuals and said, hey, listen, I really appreciate who you are in the relationship that we've had. But in this season of life, the way that we relate would be better as, you know, friends and a more mature person hmm. to someone who is developing in a certain way. And so... Boundaries are not just important with, you know, children, they're important with mentors, um, you know, and people who you may have considered a mentor or a parental-like figure. What's another situation, JP, where you go, man, this is an area of boundaries that I wish I would have known, uh, but I wish I, I would have I, I done a better job implementing, um, Bishop? What, what do you think? What are some areas... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you what? you literally have me choking. Uh, right huh? Now. What, man? And what? What did I do? I just you know when when someone's vulnerable and they've 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 shared their <laughs> life with you, and then every chance that a person gets, they like to just you know remind them of the. No, the this is a safe, bro. Listen, this is a safe place. Well, this is the word. This, but... this is what we're talking about boundary setting. You know what I'm saying? So I've been I've been a co-host of a podcast. <laughs> Where I allowed the other co-host to continue to berate me and and not respect my my gangster, 
and okay. they take an, op- an opportunity to shave me as often as possible for mistakes. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's some other areas? What's some other areas of boundaries? You go, man, I wish I would have known that. I would have created some boundaries. Go ahead. What's some other uh, areas? I mean, you've already alluded to it, Bishop. Um, you know, I, I've been in, <laughs> I wasn't say correctional institutions. I've been in religious institutions where I allowed other people to hear mm. from God on my behalf for me. Um, although on my behalf for me is redundant, but the idea is that instead of me digging in deeper if need be, searching the scriptures more if need be, uh, keep my ear to the vine if need be, I allowed other people to say, this is what God is saying. This is what the Lord is saying. This is what you need to be doing. This is the direction you need to be going in. Mm. And instead of pulling one of them, you know, your mama's out your bag, like, yo, well, uh, my mama always told me, God can speak to me directly. Um, and, you know, I can hear from God myself. I allowed what these other people were hearing for me to, like, literally lead and guide and direct my life. And so, yes, maybe I was at a point in time where I didn't understand fully the ability to the infinite God to be able to speak to me directly and to guide me and to lead me, uh, whether it was, you know, through his voice or through the, the text of Scripture. Um, I allowed other people who spoke on behalf of God to me in my life to navigate my ship. Um, and mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of um, being not necessarily the captain of my own ship per se, because um, that usually has a negative connotation, but instead of me manning the helm and making sure that I was steering things and at the head and, you know, have my hands on the uh, steering wheel per se, um, I let other people, you know, drive my car. I'm just trying to come up with all these cool phrases, but you know what no, I'm saying? No, I like, love it. Drive your car in my Tesla. Jump in my Tesla. Uh, self-driving yeah, car. Yeah, pilot, I, pilot. I, I, yeah, I, I love the fact that you're bringing this up because I think, you know, we assume certain things are permanent, that the way it happened, you know, that's why you don't keep boundaries, right? I don't know if I shared this before, illustration-wise. JP, you've been to the beach, right? I'm assuming you've been to you have I've been, been to a few. I've been to a few. Okay. Some people have been to the beach, so mm-hmm. shout out to the people that haven't. Make sure you go this summer mm-hmm. and just go put your feet in the water um, in, a, in a beach near you. Yeah. Yeah, right? You know, sometimes you get into those places where there is you know, really white sand and clear, beautiful water. And this is, I mean, you could just sit out there all day. You know, there's some other beaches that are not as attractive, but you could sit there all day. And you just marvel at the beauty of it and you enjoy what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Now, imagine that same crystal blue water and that beautiful white sand in your living room. Hmm. Right? Okay. All right. Okay. That's what happens in hurricane season, right? Mm, wow. Okay. I see what you did there. Listen, it's the same water. Hmm. It's the same sand. What's the difference now? Boundaries allows you to experience the beauty of what it is that's present, right? Mm-hmm. So when you don't have boundaries, there's chaos, right? It's everywhere. And I think we have just said, hey, for the duration of my life, Certain people just have voice. Certain people have things. They can say whatever. And I will respond with no art, no frustration, no need to resist, no need to consider I have voice. Mm. And what I want to say to you, especially for those of you in a faith community, is this. Healthy growth, healthy development 
helps you find your voice doesn't make you a child for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And one of the detriments that I, I see in some of, some of these places is that when you find yourself forever, never being able to communicate back, never being able to voice your opinion, never being able to express who you are. And, and listen, the way that you're processing those things in a way that is actually heard, listen, what it means is you may not have good boundaries. Mm. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself in a situation where either you need to take some time to reflect to see, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just being sensitive. Maybe there's a trauma. Maybe there's some things I need to work through. Or, no, I am attempting to communicate my heart and I'm attempting to communicate a boundary and something I'm not comfortable with mm-hmm. in this season. Mm-hmm. And yet that is consistently being unheard in the name of keeping me safe. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so what I would say to you, who those of you who are listening, if you find yourself never really being heard, never been in a position where you can have an actual voice. Now, again, we're not talking about compliance and a need to work within a job. Now, if you don't like your job and you don't want to be, I almost said the other word, um, <laughs> you don't, uh, if you don't like your job and you don't, you don't want to be under a certain thing, guess what? You can leave, but it costs to be the boss. Yeah, it does. It really does cost to be a boss. But in terms of just your life and your boundaries, you get to choose. You get to choose who you receive. You get to choose who you respond to. It's There is no automation. You get to choose how much you want to hear those things. And that's how you know a person is coming to cognitive maturity is when they realize, I get to choose. I'm going to give you the opposite side of this. The person that you're listening to, you believe, man, I just got to listen to everything they say. No matter what happens, I don't have no boundaries. Who do they have in their life like that? Mm. Mm. Right? So mm-hmm. let's let's go ahead and keep it. Listen, somebody listening right now and they're arguing with me because they're saying, oh, BJ, you're promoting it. Listen, who do you have in your life like that? Who has the ability for you to not process what's being said and then discern and judge for yourself? based off of what was said. And if you have someone like that, even past the point of maturation, you are now creating an abusive and destructive situation because you have failed to have boundaries. What else, JP? What are some ways we can begin to create boundaries in relationships? Again, we're talking about the adverse impact of not having boundaries. What are some ways we can create boundaries and what are the benefits of creating boundaries? Creating boundaries that starts with recognizing that you don't have boundaries, right? As hmm. simple as it sounds or as silly as it sounds or whatever the case may be. Um, because again, you can think, like if we're just using the model of mom that gives into her children, you can think that you have good boundaries because, oh, instead of letting my kid cry or instead of letting my kid fall out, I uh, appease the situation. Give him ice cream. Right, I give him ice cream or I do this or I do that or I do what they've asked me to do or what they're crying about or what they're whining about. And so you may think that you're winning in that situation. But in hindsight, you actually are, are losing. Um, you're, you're, teaching, you're teaching your kids how to manipulate, how to get over, how to get what they want, how to, you know, do all these things, um, while at the same time taking an easy way out of hmm. parental responsibility. Um, you know, and again, we both have children and we know how that goes. So it's not about shaming, but it's, right. it's the reality. You know what I mean? You could do what's right now and set your child up for success, in a, in a sense, by not allowing them to become spoilt 
if that's tyrants, what, you know, tyrants, yeah, tyrants, uh-huh. entitled, entitled, yeah, yeah, overwhelming, uh, unproductive citizens, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. I have a bunch of names for it. Go I, ahead. Hey, you gotta, you got some skin in the game, I understand. And so, we create little monsters by our lack of boundaries and the way in which we go about parenting. And so, then you have to do all these extreme measures on the back end to make up for that or to hopefully steer them in a different direction or put them in, you know. It just, it takes a lot more work. And so I think the the issue with the boundaries thing is like recognizing that you don't have good boundaries and then being willing to un- to do something about that, putting your pride aside and understanding like, hey, I have to do something because I see people go to extreme measures, bro, to have to pick up the pieces um, once That's they've right. allowed, you know, when they don't put up a wall or when they've allowed their wall to come down or somebody to chip away at it or whatever the case may be. And you just have to work that much more harder um, to uh, correct wrongs uh, or right wrongs once lines have been crossed because of poor boundaries. Good. And I'll just say, we'll just add this, this piece to it. You know, stop excusing your lack of boundaries for your desire to have respect for somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're not respecting them by disrespecting yourself. Right. Yeah. And what I would say is sometimes we we will excuse the lack of boundaries, especially for people who we we look at authoritatively because we want to say, man, I have respect for them. It, it is not disrespectful for you to have an opinion or perspective respectfully mm-hmm. and then be okay with disagreeing. And so what I would say is for those of us who have in-laws, those of us who have maybe somebody who was a colleague or a mentor and we just struggle or your parent, somebody who is in authority over you and you struggle to speak back of the things you are really beginning to feel and to be able to communicate, you're not loving them by not speaking up. Right. You're not loving them by just allowing it to happen. You're actually failing to love yourself and that person because you know that they're violating something and you're not making it clear. I want to also say something about boundaries. I think it's very um, necessary is this. People don't read minds. They read signs. Mm -hmm. Mm. Here's what I mean by that. You're not saying it and thinking about it all the time, being angry and frustrated about it, whether that's a situation, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, whether it's your in-law, your parents, your coworker, whatever. You internally processing it doesn't mean that person can externally translate it. And so when I say people read signs, a stop sign says stop, mm-hmm. not minds, it means that you have to have the courage to communicate, hey, ouch, that hurt. Ouch, that's disrespectful to me. Mm-hmm. Ouch, hey, I don't like that. Because what it does is for the other person, it keeps us from villainizing the other person. I would say part of the fault with boundaries is we will oftentimes be okay with villainizing you. We have no problem with making you the villain. Now, here's the problem. We never communicated. That's not what we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So really, we have created the situation, allowed it to go so far And now it's oh so far along that we do not feel comfortable mentioning it because we're so deeply nuanced in it. So what I would say is love that person, give them the opportunity. And even if it's uncomfortable, communicate to them, hey, I really don't like that type of joking. Hey, I really don't appreciate that type of like thing that you're doing. Again, you have to deal with the consequence or the confrontation of that potentially. But it's better to do that then to allow your living room to be flooded with beautiful white sand and crystal blue water. Mm. JP, mm. 
What is some way, give us a way that, you know, even as we talk about boundaries, how challenging it could be to create this culture of boundaries. What's a way that a person can personally get through the weeds of talking through boundaries? Maybe it, maybe it's just confusing. You're like, man, I have a very nuanced situation. How can a person begin to navigate this conversation? So yeah, in creating boundaries, one thing that people have to do is stop making excuses for the people that are crossing boundaries, right? Um, mm. You have to understand and recognize and realize when people show you who they are, believe them, right? And oftentimes moms will make excuses for the children, spouses will make excuses for their loved ones, employees will make excuses for their bosses. Like, no, if you don't set, if, if you allow and pretend as if this isn't a thing, it will continue to be a thing. And the only person that'll be upset is you. The only person that's going to be stressed out is that's you. Right. The only person that's going to be depressed is you. So first you have to recognize and understand that, hey, you can't continue to allow that bad behavior or make excuses for the bad behavior. Um, and another thing is, is really, 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 really be intentional about building that boundary. You can't hope that the boundary gets better. You can't hope and, and wish the boundary to be better. You have to build that boundary, build that wall, brick by brick, inch by inch, layer by layer. Build that wall. You got to build that wall, bro. Build that wall. You can't, you can't, you can't, go you can't go build a GoFundMe for somebody to put boundaries up for you. You got to put the boundaries Jeez. up for yourself, right? And I think those two Jeez. simple things, stop making excuses and being intentional about the boundary and not hoping that the person will set it for themselves or that the boundary will just come, I think are... are two good first steps in the direction of boundary setting, man, and building walls. Good. Yeah, if you listen to this and you say, man, this is a lot, I'm overwhelmed, uh, make sure you visit buildabetterus.com, click get involved. And there are trained professionals who are ready and willing to help you through your very specific situation. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, um, share on your socials. Um, you can tag me at bj 116 and then JP at C. John Roar. Because our job is to help you become a better you. So that we can become a better us. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, Follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast.